welcome to the latest episode of Dr. Me First. It's so great to have you here with me today. If you're a longtime listener, thanks for coming back. If you're a first-timer, I'm so excited to have you. I'm your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman. I claim to be the queen of burnout and sass and the mother of dragons, and I'm so glad that you're here with me today. I'm talking with a phenomenal guest, Dr. Christy Angevine. She's a longtime friend, and her last podcast episode with me was episode 110. So it was definitely time to catch up with Christy, see what's going on with her, and get a refresher, as always, with what she's doing around habits. I love when she first started coaching, and she would say, it's never about the alcohol. And she even mentions it again today. So listen to our conversation, and specifically, hopefully you can take something along that will help you with your habits and the formation of different ones. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, my longtime friend who we just caught up. I think we've talked for like over an hour now, and now we're finally recording because that's an important thing for all of our audience to listen to. Dr. Christy Angevine. Friend, it's so great to have you here with me today. It is so great to be here. And as we were starting to press record, I was thinking we should have just pressed record at the beginning because there's some nice juicy stuff that we talked about (laughs) then, which is so good. So it was so fun to catch up and now press record. Absolutely. So yeah, this is the recorded portion of our conversation. What we were catching up on earlier is we had figured out we hadn't talked to each other since pre-pandemic. So hence the 60-minute conversation on like what's happening in each other's worlds. But I'm so glad to have you back. We'll put in the show notes Christy's other conversations. I think you're a three-peater now here on Dr. Me First. So we'll get those old episodes linked in the show note. But for the folks who haven't been long-term listeners, Dr. Angevine, tell them a little bit about yourself and the magic you're putting in the world. So I am an OBGYN, recently shifted out of full-time practice into doing more coaching. So I coach high-achieving women on habits. That's my, I didn't realize that was my passion when I started medical school and I discovered that it is. And I I shifted out of clinical medicine, not because of a like dislike, like I loved my job. I loved it so much. I just found something else that I also loved. And here I am now. So I coach women and I coach them on habits and it's amazing. I love it. And you know, I think that's a totally great realization that everybody needs to have is like change and transition doesn't have to come out of a shitty place. It can come out of a place that like I'm an OBGYN and I love running my own business and I'm going to do that for a while. Because we were talking about that, about like the return back to medicine as well. We make it so hard at times, but in reality, like it's just a few decisions. It's just a few action steps away, no matter if you're family medicine or if you're OBGYN surgeon, ENT, all of those things. I may have just lost my voice or inhaled some dust or something. (laughs) I'm glad you were able to keep talking. Girl, you know I got the gift of gab, that's for sure. So while Christy clears her throat right now, I have to tell you all that Christy is one of my most favorite people. We got to know each other through the magic of the internet several years ago. We were both like baby coaches. I think I had like reached out to you. And at that time, you were specifically coaching physicians around alcohol 
Tell me a little bit about that shift when you went from primarily focusing on drinking to habits in general. Yeah. So I will do my best to not sound like as a frog in my throat, but yeah. So I really, when I first started, I saw around me locally and then around me in the sort of physician community at large, a really huge need for physicians to feel safe talking about their habits of numbing, whether it was over-exercising, shopping, alcohol, whatever it was. And particularly with alcohol, the thing that I thought was so fascinating is that when I would coach somebody on their drinking to wind down, we didn't always stay with the alcohol for very long because it's never about the alcohol. It's always about the stuff behind the alcohol. And so what ended up being the most fascinating to me wasn't the habit of numbing. It wasn't like whether they're shopping or they're you know, scrolling their phone or they're drinking or they're eating. It was why, why they were. And so although I think, you know, coaching on drinking, I think is super fascinating. And I love that there's so many coaches that really do that and do phenomenal jobs on it. I just found habits in general to sort of pull me more. So I shifted and started just like in small ways, got away from people who were coming to me just for alcohol and just for their, you know, habits they found as escape and just doing more habits. And it's been awesome. Yeah. So give me an update. I know that you have your podcast that's going. You have a super active Facebook group, which I occasionally, when I actually get on Facebook, which is like close to never, but when I do, I do pop over to see your updates on there. That's so good. So let me just stop and say, I love that you're on Facebook almost never. Like, I think there's something really amazing about deliberately being disconnected from social media in a way that serves you like, you know, or being deliberately connected to it in a way that really, really serves you if you like it. Right. But yeah, so I have, you know, it's um, like a dinner party for me. Like I go and talk to the people I want to, and then I get out. (laughs) That's how I see Facebook. Yes. That's how I attend like, you know, cocktail parties and dinner parties too, like in, out, done. Mm-hmm. The introvert in me can only take so much, but yeah. So I have a you know Better Habits Physicians group for physicians only, and then just a more g- general group that I've just started called Habits on Purpose, and then the podcast is Habits on Purpose. And I, f- I don't know, you may experience this too, but I find that social media is that mixed bag. Like it's a great way to connect, it's a great way to give, it's a great way to be there, and at the same time, it's not where I live. Like I don't spend tons of my time there either. I like it to be in judicious little bites. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was a really hard balance for me to figure out because like the business world is like, you got to be posting, you got to be talking to people, more delivery, more content, you know, put more personal stuff on there. And, and I did that for a while and I was just like, this is not fun. And so, like I told you earlier, one of my mantras is like, if it's not fun, stop doing it. It's got to be one of my favorite F words, fun, food, friends, you know, all of those. Oh my gosh. So what you said is so perfect because I think that was one of my big ahas with, you know, balancing work and, you know, looking at, you know, getting more into coaching was if I'm going to be on social media and I'm going to be, you know, posting in ways that feel good, I want to only be posting like what feels good. I don't want to be on there because somebody says you need to be posting X number of times a day. Like that's just not my thing. I just, there's something about that that feels very inauthentic and feels very salesy and pushy in a way that doesn't seem in alignment with just offering value. So I just won't. So my social media presence will have spells that are very consistent and then we'll have spells that are really quiet just because I'm, I'm just being more quiet myself in my life, you know? And so that matches. I love that. My strategy has been get help. 
So I hire people <laughs> to help me and to put up amazing stuff. And they're so good about communicating like, hey, you got a message from such and such. And so I still do answer my own messages and do comments and that sort of thing. But that's been a, a hard one for me is delegating and letting other people help me. And that's a whole nother episode on as far as with itself. But but yeah, I think it's just great to showcase different ways for which we can handle different situations and make it more aligned to what we are curating in our own lives. I couldn't have said it better. Absolutely. So talk more on your word. I mean, we kind of know a little bit why you picked habits. Habits of numbing, I think, may be the title of this podcast. Talk a little bit more in depth of like where you are at now as you are talking about habits, helping people like work through habits, maybe make some changes in their habits. Yeah. So honestly, like when I was thinking about getting on and talking with you, I had a few words that came to mind that had nothing to do with habits. They had everything to do with habits, right? But they had nothing to do with that particular phrase. And I landed on habits because for me, when I think about why we do what we do. And when I think about habits, I think those are just sort of like the, our habituated ways of thinking, feeling, acting. And I think there's so much to looking at sort of like the reasons why behind the things that we think, feel, and do all the time that I think get missed when we're super busy. And I think looking at habits requires us to slow down, be like, oh, what's actually going on that's driving me to show up in this particular way? And if I'm going to be really deliberate about my habits, how can I look at them to see, are they serving me? Are they not? So that I don't blink and I'm 70 looking back being like, what the hell happened? And so when I think of habits, I think about them as these, you know, they're basically learned solutions. They're things that really serve us well sometimes. And they, you know, like perfectionism may have really served us well to get through medical school in ways that we didn't notice the underbelly of. Or, you know, like if you're um, pushing yourself and like, putting your own fatigue to the side and compartmentalizing like a champ. That may have been really phenomenal for residency, for you know, having you know, sort of a professional persona in front of you know, your co-residents or something. That may have really served you well to like get through that training. And at some point in time, you might start seeing the underbelly. And so I think sometimes like as we get to certain stages in our life, we start noticing things that we may have not considered so, you know, so deliberately, basically are problems that we want to change. And then for me, like when I looked at my own habits, you know, my habits of just sort of putting my head down, working really hard, not really paying attention to how my body felt, how, you know, how I was showing up with my kids in ways that like, just didn't feel like I'm just squeezing things into the margins. I realized, oh my gosh, these habits, although they serve me really well, they aren't serving me now. And I found habits diffi very difficult to change. Like habits like, oh, I'm going to go exercise more. I'm going to use less salt or I'm going to drink less or I'm going to shop less or whatever. Those things seemed really concrete. But the habits that were like the trickiest for me were the like those internal habits, like the second guessing and the wondering, am I you know, like sort of like following the rules that were handed to us through our medical training? Like those habits were the ones that I'm like, ah, this is the stuff that for me was my deepest work that I think bringing to other people's, I mean, it's just so fun. Absolutely. You know, I've seen that as I've kind of done a retrospective view, you know, turning the pages on one chapter and starting a new chapter of those habits. Those are one microgram at a time, not even a milligram. Like they are teensy, teensy, tiny that eventually add up. Like, for instance, I started 
practicing self-compassion about five years ago. And I can see about a 20% difference in it now. So I'm excited for five more years down the road. <laughs> you know, and, and I think that's countercultural to, to the quick and fast social media Instagram world, to the read a self-help book and have things change in 90 days, to the Instaperfect. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh, completely. I think, you know, even in medicine where we know that it does take time to go from your first year of medical school to your intern year. And we know that like there's a process and there's actually literal time that has to, you know, where we have to assimilate lots of information, apply it, mess it up, refine it and go forward. We have that modeled for us professionally. I think when it comes to, you know, something, especially something so, I don't know, I want to say complex is the word, but something so meaningful as self-compassion, it seems like all these other things take so much time. It's self-compassion. It should be really quick. We should just be able to be like, listen, I'm going to offer myself some warmth. I'm going to give myself some reassurance. I'm going to be kind and warm to myself, just like I am to other people, because I know how to do that to them. I should be able to do it to me. And I should be able to do it consistently because like, it feels so good. So why not? And yet it's actually one of those things like microgram by microgram that it does just, I mean, it's like, it's like an unlearning the non-self-compassion unlearning that little bit by bit. And then over time you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, 20% better. But I think sometimes when we start, we don't realize that and we don't find ourselves like notably getting somewhere a month later. It's easy just to be like, oh, I don't have the self-compassion gene. Yeah. Or it's easy to jump to the next best thing. Even if your consistency is not like your perfect consistency, but like it's as consistent as you can be in that moment. Like I remind my students, my nurse practitioner, my patients even that now that I'm back into practicing is like, you are doing the best you can in this moment with what you have. And that is enough. I think that's the thing to remind ourselves too, because we, again, are fighting that mindset of grandioso of like, but it's not the absolute best and, and remind yourself, but it's your best right now. And you can't judge it on the past and you can't judge it on the future and you can't judge it on anybody else. And what you said, I think the part that was so that like really resonates with me most is what you said about at the very end of like, not only are you doing the best with what you can in the present moment based on what you know, but it's actually really okay. It's not like, oh, well, you're slipping through with the best, you know, and like, it kind of sucks, but too bad for you. It's like, no, no, no. It is the absolute best you could possibly do with what you know, with who you are, with where you are. And it's, it's enough. Like it really is. And you don't have to compare to like your past self or somebody next door or somebody on Facebook or to what you're going to be tomorrow. Like it is enough. You know, and I use a coaching exercise where you talk about like your future self and like what you're moving to. But I found myself, I was starting to like grade myself off of her and position myself off of her. And so where I found the most help with changing habits and, you know, we're kind of rolling around this um, self-compassion, self-kindness thing is actually literally going back to the past self and telling myself, writing a letter, whatever, meditating, you're doing the best you can. And like, there's a, there's a part like that, some kind of, I don't know, spiritual forgiveness, release of attachments, you know, a whole bunch of things I think that goes along with that. But I know that's when I've actually felt that like shift to habits, when I've kind of been able to find that attachment, like that I was still harboring resentment or anger or fear because of what I wasn't in the past in that moment. Oh my gosh. And I think what you just touched on is, 
mean, that in and of itself is a habit. That habit of looking back and judging unfavorably the past self that we used to be. Like, I should have known better. I could have done better. It should have been better than it was. Like, how could I have not, you know, so whatever version it is for you or for whomever, that habit of looking back unfavorably, it's it's like, it's not just looking back unfavorably. It also happens in the present moment. Like, ugh, not only was it not so good then, like I'm trying to be okay now with myself and think I'm enough and, but not really, even if it's quiet. And then you can totally do that to the future in the way where you're like, oh, well, it'll be better once I do this and this and this and this and this, because once I'm there, then I will have, you know, figured it out. I'll be the right, you know, the best type of work, life balance, mom, physician, whatever it is. But it's like the same microcosm of the same habit of just comparing where we are now in a way that like something should change in order to be okay. Yeah. Instead of coming to the place of like, it's a dumpster fire and it's okay right now. That's been huge for me. That's been huge in my mothering, to be perfectly honest, to be like, okay, there is a gallon of milk spilled on the floor. It is everywhere. The dog is in it. The children are screaming. It's okay. (laughs) And what would be phenomenal is if right now we could pan the video over and like that was actually going on and you were just like totally fine speaking on the podcast because I have a feeling that you probably are have that like inner serenity after all this practice with that right it I mean and it's it is it's you know Kristen Neff her latest book was fierce self-compassion and that really helped me understand you know because I'm kind of an animated loud type of person that I was like I can't be and you and I both know her and I love her voice Dina George like I will never be that calm ever. But I realize it's because I have so much fierce self-compassion. Like I go after things and that's me demonstrating that. But I have been working on getting more like quiet, calm, self-compassion, getting that like balance of the yin and yang. And so I just want to put that out there for anybody else who's, who's with me. Like I, I struggle with calm. I mean, that's why I talk about it all the time. I say like work is your drug, then rest is your detox. Like it is, and it's hard. But I'm getting there. And so I really appreciate all the work that you're doing and the talk about habits. Um, You have so much information. I love the genuine conversations that you have with people um, in the Facebook group and giving examples. I'm excited that you've launched your your podcast. You're now officially a podcaster. Welcome to the club, by the way. Was it as hard as as what your brain told you it was? You know, I was just talking with somebody about this earlier in the day. Like it's been, it's been fantastic. On one hand, it's been really easy. It's been super exciting. It feels like it really does feel like I am connected to something that's deeply important to me. And it has been really weird. Like I have felt very exposed and I haven't even really shared anything like deeply that I would consider deeply personal, but it has been like the work of like sort of working through vulnerability, working through how do I show up authentically in a way that like I think really matches what feels great to me in ways that like I didn't expect. And I also knew that like, I don't know, I mean, I don't know if you say this to your clients a lot, but I will tell mine that like, we will do the most innocent little thing and all of our shit will come up. That's when it all comes up. And so knowing that that happens, I was kind of ready. I was like, all right, some stuff is going to come up as I do this thing that, you know, I know it's not that big of a deal. And so it's been great. It's been great. It's just like it's shown me a mirror for things that are there. And it's great. So I really do. I mean, I love podcasting. And I'm. I, it's an honor to sort of like join the ranks of people who've gone before me and been doing this for years. 
Well, you know, you're at a new level, new level, new devil. So there you go. It's what it is. Tell people again about the podcast, a little bit about it, share so they can go find you and listen as well. So I would love anybody who wants to listen. That's amazing. It's called, you know, get this, wait for it. It's called Habits on Purpose. So my business is Habits on Purpose. My podcast is Habits on Purpose. My It's all consistent, like to keep it simple. But so Habits on Purpose, and it targets high-achieving women who are interested in being deliberate and intentional about this, you know, one precious life that we have, particularly with habits that are like those hidden habits, you know, our second guessing, beating ourselves up, perhaps, you know, overextending, having difficulty with the white space, all the things that may sort of quietly happen underneath the surface in the realm of high achievers who are quite, you know, hard on themselves. Well, Dr. Christie, I appreciate you coming and hanging with me. I appreciate the hour-long conversation before. I appreciate our friendship. And I'm just so excited to see where you're going next. Thank you for having me. And I totally appreciate the catch-up beforehand as well. This is super fun. friend, if you think you're burned out, you probably are. But I've got some good news for you. Head on over to burntouttobadass.com where you can get a CME course. That's right. CME credits to get yourself out of a place of burnout and back to being a total and absolute badass. You'll go through 12 different modules. You'll get to chitty chat with me on the backside and have lots of fun exercises and thought work to do to help you move from a place of just surviving to absolute thriving. So far, we've had many physicians go through the program and they absolutely love it. One of those docs the other day even mentioned to me that she went back and recently did the report card exercise. And you know the wheel of life is in there. If you followed me for half a second, it's definitely one of my top exercises. But anyway, before I give all the details away, go over to burntouttobadass.com and check out the self-paced course same title, Burnt Out to Badass, and get you some CME hours today. All righty. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Christy and Janine, for coming and hanging with me. And especially, thank you so much for reaching out so that we can catch up. Because you know what? Online friends are real friends too. And if you're ready to meet me and other great podcast guests that I've had in real life, I'd really encourage you to think about going to the ACE conference. And that stands for Authenticity, Courage, and Empowerment Conference for Female Physicians. It's going to be in San Antonio, Texas, starting April, I want to say the 28th, and then it ends that Sunday, which I think is the first day of May. But anyway, it's going to be a small, intimate gathering of some of the most amazing, well-known female physicians in this space, but also to experience calm, friendship, and lots of connections with each other. So I'd highly encourage you to think about doing it. One of my besties, Dr. Dina George, is hosting it, along with several other amazing friends. I'm going to work on having a meetup 
for all the Dr. Me First and Burnt Out to Badass baddies while we're there. And so if you'd like to join, just come on in. Go to AuthenticPhysicians.com. That's where you can get signed up or send me an email and I can make sure to get you there too. If you live in the area as well and not able to attend the whole conference, I would say just come. Come and at least give me a squeeze. I can't wait to see all of you. So my friends, it's been great reconnecting with you. And remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.